Welcome to Leading Collaborative Response. The purpose of this content is to explore the impact of leadership on the implementation and sustainability of collaborative response, a system-wide framework that values collaborative, action-focused responses, data-informed discussions, and timely support to ensure all students can experience success. A carefully planned and implemented collaborative response will positively support both students and teachers. Learn more about the why behind the leadership activities that establish, refine, and deepen collaborative response as a foundational framework for success. We are here because we want to build capacity in leading collaborative response within the context that you work. Great leaders build great teams because that is what every child deserves. Welcome back to Leading Collaborative Response. Today, we're going to be talking about a leader's role in establishing structures and processes. And joining us for this conversation is lead learner and co-founder of Jigsaw Learning, Curtis Hewson. Hey, Hi, Curtis. Hi, how are you? Not bad. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thanks. So I've heard you talk a lot around the idea of structures and processes. Why do you believe so strongly in their importance? I know that sometimes when people start to, within collaborative response, see the structure and process uh we have some people that go oh yay this is this makes sense to me this is a piece we're missing i see others that have a little bit of trepidation uh around it because it can look mechanical it can look forced especially when starting out but the reason why i feel they're so important is a i've seen over and over and over again the evidence of when structures and processes get established learned refined and then just become natural it leads to higher impacts for kids higher degrees of collective efficacy productivity um what we're able to accomplish when we're together is just significantly enhanced when we have structures and processes in place i i often say that without it you work off assumptions you work off people assuming we know how we're going to interact and engage together. When we work off assumptions, um, we put ourselves into difficult positions that um, can lead to frustration, can lead to disengagement, can can lead to um, to argument. In fact, uh, and not the good kind. With it, I I really think that when you put structures and processes in place, you're putting clarity. You're, you're really trying to have everybody engage in a shared understanding of this is what it looks like when we come together to work, which then leads to those efficiencies, as I talked about. The other piece that I think why structures and processes are so necessary is they ensure sustainability in time, that people can move in and out, um, but if the structures and processes remain, remain intact, we can sustain over transitions, um, high degrees of, of impact and ensure that our, that our work just remains consistent as, as we move forward. It, it, again, it, it reinforces predictability, which brings with it um, safety for us. Uh, when I know what it looks like when I come into this conversation, I'm able to engage so much quicker and so much more effectively when I come in and I'm not quite sure where it's going to go today. Uh, to me, that's why the structures and processes are just so critically important. And I think as a leader, 
there's front work that goes with it. There's some heavy lifting that happens. <laughs> there's development of documents, um, resources that come with it. But it's almost like a teacher. If you put in the pre-work in the planning, um, the, the delivery in the learning goes so much smoother. And it's the same thing with structures and processes. So with respect to collaborative response, Curtis, and those structures and processes, if I was to approach you as a teacher, what might be a structure and process that I might encounter? Uh, so within collaborative response, obviously, you see a large amount of that, and we use the language specifically, in that foundational component of the collaborative structures and processes. When I come into one of the layers of meetings or collaboration that we're going to engage in, each one has its own set of structures and processes in place. So things like formulation of norms that we are going to attend to and just continue to reinforce and, and practice um, is a valuable structure. Being able to have a predictable agenda that has times attached to it. Ensuring that we establish roles that each person is going to play um, in order to ensure that that agenda is followed through with uh, fidelity, being able to have a notes document that clearly articulates and aligns with the process that we're putting in place. Establishing, especially for the collaborative team meeting, a pre-meeting organizer that becomes, again, predictable, that people will fill in prior to coming to the conversation. When you first see it, it may look mechanical and boy, it looks like a lot of work. And it is to set it up um, to begin with. But then what we see is the power of the conversation that results is just at a completely different level than if I entered that space without the structures and processes. And we've all been in spaces where that's happened and you look at your watch and wow, that's 60 minutes. I'm never gonna get back in my life. And it doesn't feel like we got anywhere. The structures and processes um, that I've described within collaborative response really ensure that we get to actionable steps that then can lead to impact. So what has been your experience in the introduction of the structures and processes with staff when they're engaging in collaboration? Well, I've seen a number of different reactions. We do have some staff that revel in it. They, they yay, I wish we would have had this. I love it. It makes things completely make sense. I've, I've been seeking out that structure. Usually they're people who are very structured already in their own classroom or <laughs> their own personal life and just see it as Yahoo. I'm, I'm super excited to see this. However, that's not always or often the case. Um, I think sometimes there's trepidation. There's disbelief um, in this. We sometimes have a little bit of the eye roll of really we're going to put in roles um someone's going to be an interrupter like that it, it seems really awkward mechanical and i often hear the words forced it feels forced um like we're trying to we already collaborate really well we we work together great why do we need this and the reflection that often if not always comes back um after time is we thought we were collaborating effectively but this has taken it to that, that next level. Once those structures and processes become, again, I'm using this word often, predictable, 
so that it's just part of what we do. We come into a meeting and yeah, who's the timekeeper? Okay, great. I got it today. I'll take that on. Everyone has their pre-meeting or yeah, I filled it in just a few minutes before the meeting because it's just second nature uh, for me. We look at the agenda and we just know how to walk uh, through this. We know the questions a facilitator is going to ask us and I've come ready um, for that conversation. We see over and over and over again, staff that appreciate it once you've lived in that space for a while, but initial reaction, um, like I said, can be disbelief, um, distrust, and this just feels a little weird to, to start off with. And my, my advice for leaders is to expect that, maybe even forecast it for staff. It's going to feel a little bit awkward, but these processes are going to help us in time. So we're going to practice. We'll go slow. Um, we might not have the amount of impact that we want to see because we're learning and it's important for us to learn this. As a leader, I would be very forthright with staff of what is the exact intent um, of this when we're introducing some of those structures that staff might actually push back a little bit um, on potentially because it's uncomfortable. And I've often said that when we're truly collaborating to high degrees of effectiveness and efficacy, it should be slightly uncomfortable. Everyone should be comfortable in knowing where it's going, but slightly uncomfortable with the conversation because we're all getting just our thoughts and ideas pushed just a little bit. I'm getting stretched, which can be uncomfortable, but we know it's that stretch that's learning, that's leading to me refining and perhaps thinking just a little bit deeper on how it is that I'm operating and working to support students. You spoke a little bit about advice for leaders on introducing structures and processes. What about advice for leaders that are looking at enhancing and refining those structures and processes? Yeah, so I'm going to back up to that first bit around introducing. Um, my first piece of advice is go slow. If you introduce every piece right from the start, we can overwhelm. It can be a lot. So to be able to come in and say, okay, we've set an agenda. And today we want everyone to come with that pre-meeting organizer with one student and a key issue established. And we're going to try this process today. Next time we come together, we're going to introduce a new role that we're going to put into place. Next time, let's now formulate some norms that we could utilize over time. Um, I think I see some leaders who see the overall process, especially around that collaborative team meeting, and try and introduce every piece right from the start. Um, and I, I would just be thoughtful in how can you do it so that um, we're, we're building towards something that in time is highly, highly complex and looks nothing like where you're at when you started. Now, when it comes to the refining, I think there's a couple of things that are, are super important, Jen. The first off is to be able to set intentional time for reflection, to be able to, um, we've had our collaborative team meetings, we're going to take a half hour after at the end and just debrief. How did that go? What would make it better next time? What could be a next refinement? Uh, the second piece 
I think is being able to receive back that feedback, you know, uh, maybe not off the start because we need to get um, comfortable into this, but then being able to say, you know, what do you appreciate? What is, are you struggling with? And, and understanding that when you're engaging in collaborative response in your school, it is a generative process that's going to evolve for us over time. And it evolves by making adjustments, by recognizing that this role isn't working, maybe we need to shift it into something else. And being really clear for our staff around the why. And when we make a shift, this is why we're going to make that particular shift and we're gonna try it. The other thing that I think is super important is piloting. Um, maybe an adjustment we're gonna make, we're gonna try it with one team and see what the reaction is before we roll it out uh, full scale. I, I think that's been one of the key things I've learned over the years is how can you create opportunities for, for piloting and trying something on a smaller scale before we um, move it along to our team. So again, with those processes and structures, realizing that they're constantly moving and we're constantly tweaking and enhancing as we go, that we take those the norms that we've established and we're going to unpack them further. We're going to talk about why is this norm so important for us? And what are we going to do when somebody breaks the norm? I mean, that's not a conversation you you start with when you're first building, but eventually we want to be able to get, get to it. Again, it comes back to that understanding that we're building towards something that is highly comprehensive, incredibly complex, and with high degrees of interconnections, but you you build toward it. You, you can't just introduce it all and expect that it's going to run smoothly. I hear you discuss the refinement and the reflection, and I see sort of an iterative process absolutely. happening. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. It's, it's that constant cycle of reflection, action. Um, it, it's ready, fire, aim. It's, you know, we fire, but then we have to continue to aim and think about what are, are the next refinements or enhancements that we need to be considering. Well, Curtis, do you have any other thoughts on the leader's role in establishing those structures and processes? Yeah, I think the only other thought I would leave behind with it is embrace the messiness with it. It's, um, there is messiness, there's some courage that it takes because you're going to push people just a little bit. You may push some that, that um, don't like that feeling of discomfort uh, for it, and that's okay. Um, we, can still, we can still be empathetic and continue to why and, and support people along the way with it, but just to <laughs> embrace that, that messiness as you're learning not only as a leader, but as an organization as well. It's, it's how we get better as a profession. Well, Curtis, I thank you for making time to talk to us and our audience again today, and we look forward to hearing more from you in the future. Yeah, absolutely, Jen. Thanks so much.